Americans will make a critical decision on the future of America when they vote on November 8th. Carmen Marie Montiel is our special guest today. Welcome, this is Dr. David D. Schein and your host for Saving America. And our first time guest, Carmen Marie Montiel, has worked hard to overcome obstacles and found success throughout her life. In 1984, she was crowned Miss Venezuela, Miss South America, and was second runner-up for Miss Universe. And she does get the crown for the, the most attractive guest we've ever had on Saving America. So it's very exciting for us. She legally immigrated to the United States, obtaining her BA magna cum laude from East Tennessee State University. She went on to a successful career in journalism, including three years as anchor for Telemundo. She's currently a realtor with Keller Williams in Houston. She is the mother of three children. On a personal note, she's a single mom because she bravely refused to stay in an abusive relationship. In 2018, um, Carmen ran as a first-time candidate in the Republican primary in Texas District 29. She did great, almost won that first race, which was very tough. And uh, she continues to be active as a candidate and a conservative activist. And again, we welcome her for her first appearance on Saving America. Thank you, David, for having me with you. It's a pleasure that you give me this opportunity to communicate with your audience. Well, we, we welcome you. <laughs> As you know, we ask each of our guests three questions and uh, we send them in advance to make sure that you have a chance to ponder because we have tough questions for you. Uh, sometimes they're gimmies, but uh, you legally immigrated from Venezuela over 30 years ago. Given the path into ruin that Venezuela has followed, how do you see the USA descent into a similar path? Well, let me tell you, when I came to the United States as a student, my father was making a big point to my siblings and I to, to come here, study, and to stay. Because at the time, which was the 80s, you know, in the 80s, Venezuela was booming. It was the greatest time. But my dad already saw the signs and he said, it's over. This is going down to a path that's going to destroy the country. So you need to stay in the United States. Out of my six siblings, five of us are here. At the time, imagine you're young, Venezuela is booming. We're having the time of our life. And we're like, what is my father talking about? But I remember things that my dad used to talk all the time about the growth of bureaucracy, how corruption uh, you know, was taking over the country and people just it stopped being you know, the, the rational and, and low-abiding citizens they were. It was like the more corrupt you were, the, be the better you were off. And at the time, when I was young, I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, I studied arts first and then I became a journalist. And I remember having this conversation with my father when he said, well, what happened with law school? And me telling my dad that I cannot be a lawyer and, and lose a case because somebody paid more. This, is, this was already happen, happening in Venezuela. So I came to the United States 34 years ago. It was a very different country. Being a journalist, we were already, you, I used to have a morning talk show in Venezuela, and there were things that we could say and we couldn't say. So when I came here, I remember, God, this is really having, you know, a First Amendment when we have freedom of speech. 
With time, I realized how politically correctness was taking away that right from us. Then I saw the growth of bureaucracy and people don't realize how many bureaucratic offices has been opened and, and given the work of, of offices that should be run by elected officials to independent people. And that's how they found the money and that's how corruption started. For example, one of those bureaucratic office is the election administration. As you know, the elections used to be, uh, you know, run by our county clerk and those were elected uh, position. So with time I started realizing that. And then when I went through the fight of my life, through my separation, that's when I realized that the courts were also corrupt. And that's when I say, here we are. It's very similar the path. And that's when I decided to get involved and run for office four years ago. And here I am again. Now I'm in the general election. Well, it's uh, like I said, I've been there. I've been in the primary. I've been in the general election. And um, it's, a, it's a tough road. But People like you need to be there, and, and we're so excited, and that ties in nicely with our second question. You are part of a growing movement of Hispanics towards the Republican Party. The Democrats have claimed for my entire lifetime to be the party of minorities. What has happened or is happening to, to drive the Hispanic community more towards the Republican Party? Where is, is the values? You know, since I came here, I always said I could quite couldn't understand why Latinos were voting for the Democratic Party when our values are faith, family, work, ethics, and love of country. And I was like, really, Latinos are not voting their values. What happened right now is that the Democrats have gone so far left and have gotten away from family values, God values, the principles that run in the Latino community that finally Latinos have realized, well, these people don't represent us. For us, family and faith is very important. And what happened is they really have, they really duped the Latinos. But it's not only been a waking time for Latinos, but also for the Black community. You have no idea how the you know, Black activists in the district has you know, endorsed me and support me because they finally realized they're being used and abused by the Democrats. They wanna get back to their families that have been destroyed by the Democrats. So this is a, an awakening time for everybody. And finally, Latinos were voting our values. And that's the most important thing. I always been a conservative and a Republican, and I'm so happy to see that finally Latinos are seeing the truth. Well, it, that's a, a terrific, and it, it is interesting because um, I, uh, my best friend in college was my business partner. I have my own business in college, and he was an African-American, was about 20 years my senior, and he was a conservative. And uh, he, he was an artist and you would not ever think, oh my goodness, this, this black artist is a conservative. But I, I do think that there are some real strong principles there that are, are, are important. One of them, of course, is that unfortunately for the black community, especially the Democrats come out, they run around the black community, they parade out black community leaders, you know, once every election cycle, 
And then they don't do anything that really progresses their opportunities and, and uh, lifestyle. Well, this is one of the things that I've been saying. You know, why was trade education taken away from our high schools? You know, that automatically improves the life of the people in our community. As you know, the media income in the district is $46,000. And we have the highest crime in the whole city of Houston, District 18. So if we have kids having trade education, that once they graduate, they start earning $60,000. Does that automatically improve over their lifestyle? And if kids are studying and are working, they're, they're not getting involved in crime and drugs. And I, that's my question. Why in 28 years, she has done nothing. She has kept promising that she's going to get them reparations when she know this is not attractive to many people, but she could have looked for other possibilities to, to better their life. Like I just been endorsed by the Friedman because they said, why, you know, I told the Friedman, why don't we reinstate the Friedman Bureau in Washington? And then we can canalize through federal funds that are already there, you know, help for the black community. Why Sheila Jackson Lee, that is a, a, a black American, didn't think that for her own community. And that this is how I will be running this district, thinking for, you know, how can I help my community and coming up with solutions, not with promises that I know I cannot deliver. Yeah, well, it's something else. Remember, we want to keep this interview short. So we're going to ask you question number three, because otherwise we could do question number two for the next two hours. Uh, <laughs> yes. it's, uh, something very close to my heart. Um, uh, Sh Sheila Jackson Lee is an entrenched incumbent. As you said, she's been in there 28 years. I remember when she defeated Craig Washington. Again, I'm a longtime uh, conservative, longtime political observer. It's very tough to unseat an incumbent, even a terrible one like her. Um, and as I said, when we were warming up today, I live in this district. My house at 1111 Heights is right in the center of the Heights. The Heights is a key part of District 18. What do you see as the keys to your winning on November 8th? Well, the district have changed. You know, as you know, the lines were redrawn. And when you look at the maps, you are saying, it's, sim it's similar. No, it has, you know, significantly changed. The south part was taken away, you know, the sunny side, and when it's given into all green, uh, as you say, the height has changed. You know, the demographics in the heights has changed. And that's the most important thing. The demographics change. Now, the demographics of the district is over 45% Latino and 35, less than 35% Black, 17% White, and 3% Asian. Also, a lot of areas that used to belong to district two, which is Dan Crenshaw, are in the district now. So those are Republicans voters. So she is really facing something she doesn't know. This is new. Many people in, in, in the district don't even know who she is because and many, uh, you know, we've been block walking and more than many times when I get to the door, they say, oh, well, but I don't live in that district. And I said, well, you did not last election period, but this year, you belong to that district. It, this is where you are right now. And sadly, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be able to reach absolutely everybody. Many people are going to find out when they get to the polls. Absolutely. 
But, uh, and of course, uh, as a lot of the observers have talked about, this is going to be a referendum on the horrendous, horrible job that uh, uh, I call them by dumb, not by den, and uh, uh, has done. And we're overrun with inflation, high gas prices, high food prices. And, you know, I'm a middle income American. It shocks me when I go to the grocery store. I mean, it, 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 to think about people that live paycheck to paycheck, this is a, 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 a think if the Republicans don't sweep this time, there's something really intrinsically wrong. So I wish you and your colleagues who are, who are running this time the best. Now, how can our audience get more information about you and your campaign? Please go to www.carmenforcongress.com. That's for with F-O-R. That's my website. You can get more information about me. You can donate because as you know, that's very important to move ahead with all the, what we have planned to finish these last three weeks we have until election. You can sign in to volunteers. We need a lot of volunteers as soon as you know early voting starts next Monday. So we need people on the ground at the polling places also the day of election. So please visit www.carmenforcongress.com. You can also follow me in social media. All my social media is Carmen for Congress and that you can follow us. We've been working so hard, I have to say, you know, I'm running after this to another commitment, but we're going to make this happen, as you said. You know, if I, I, I expect that we're going to sweep these elections, if we don't do it, it's because something is terribly wrong. As you know, my opponent, there is already a criminal investigation that was, it started, ordered by King Og, a Democrat, our district attorney, who is a Democrat, ordered the criminal investigation on her campaign team for irregularities with ballots by mail and that people voting. So we are on top of that. Also, because there is a lot, people knows, you know, they keep on saying that 2020 was the safest election. And in the meantime, we have seen in this last two years, how many people have got indicted and gone thrown in jail for election fraud. And Harris County has a major problem with that. So I tell people the only way that we overcome that is go to vote massively, preferably, on election day, so and in person, so this can overcome this. We can. We don't only need a majority. We need a super majority to save America. Sounds like a winner to me. This is Dr. David D. Shine for Saving America. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favorite platform.